Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast of The Worship Life. We're going to be talking about today what I believe to be one of the most important things we could ever understand in our lives as believers. What do you do when everything you thought about your Christian life and what it was supposed to be has not panned out that way? Well, how we process those things can mean the difference between victory and defeat and continuing to walk with Christ or walking away. Join me today as we hash this out on The Worship Life. Good Friday to you, and I hope you're making it a great day. I'm Chrissy Hutchings from ChrissyHutchings.com and The Worship Life, and I want to provoke you today. That's right. I want to provoke you with a topic that I believe has a great deal of debate in the lives of believers uh, within each one of us individually and in places of discussion. A topic that I've entitled, What to Do When You've Lost Your Song. Uh, Pretty appropriate for a worship leader. But how do you respond to God and to others when you suffer a great loss or you're walking through a trial that seems to be taking everything you've got not to lose your faith or give up? And I'm going to tell you what I believe the purpose of these things are and that without them, we could be in really big trouble. And we're going to be talking about that today on the worship life. Uh, first of all, I just really want to thank you for tuning in at the podcast and for checking out the podcast. Um, several of you have come in and really started to engage uh, with me, and I just really appreciate that. I'm glad you're being blessed and uh, that God is using it to encourage you. And that's what I'm all about. You know, like I told you, my dominant gift is exhortation. <laughs> and um, and that's why I do this. That's why I do the podcast. And that's why I write music. And that's that's what God's giving given me to declare who he is. You know, my whole purpose in doing everything that I do is to declare Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the bottom line uh, for me. Uh, I don't exist for any other thing. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm a mom and a wife and, and everything like that. But the worship life is about Jesus and the love of the Father that was shown through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And hey, I'm about using every medium I know to declare that love and make him known. You know, the worship life is about a life not just a song. And I just want to thank you for connecting with me and tuning in. I also want to remind you that if you go to the website at chrissyhutchings.com, that first page there, it'll talk all about what the worship life is about and how you can join the mailing list to get um, monthly resources, a newsletter, sometimes new music, a sneak peek into some new music. And also when you sign up right now, you'll receive a four-part video series entitled Worship in Spirit and Truth. What does it mean? Totally free. Uh, but want to encourage you to go there and join the mailing list today. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and get right into our topic. You know, I... Um, I have not uh, hidden any of the things that I've gone through in the last, you know, 
five to 10 years. I, I'm very open about my life and the things that I walk through only because I know that I'm not the only person. And I know that if there's anything that I can say that can help somebody, hey, that's what I'm all about. So I want to ask you a question today. What do you do when you've lost your song? I'm not talking about losing your iPad or your MP3 player. Uh, and it's not a case of not having time to get your praise on this morning. I'm talking about losing the song of your heart. When you can't hear the music anymore, you don't feel the hope of your future. Ooh, boy, let me tell you, I've been there. You've suffered a disappointment so great that your heart isn't singing anymore. Have you been there? I have more times than I can count. Uh, You might try once in a while with prodding. You can engage in a song here and there. But you've noticed that you don't randomly break out in a song of your own. You've stopped humming, which I, my definition of humming is smiling on the inside. You've become indifferent to most everything. There's no melody of your life playing anymore and everyone around you knows it. And hey, maybe this doesn't describe you. Maybe this describes somebody you know. Maybe you have a friend, a family member, even a pastor or somebody in your church that you've noticed, hey, they really look like they, the song of their heart is not playing anymore. Um, you can see it on their face. They can see it on your face. And you can hear it in, in vocal inflections in people's hearts. And maybe you feel death in your heart. Perhaps this describes the day-to-day temperature of your heart cold, broken, and unengaged. And you know, a lot of times I know in me, this causes me great distress. When I feel like, and I know that I'm in this place, man, I get distressed about about it. I get stressed out about it. And a lot of times that stress is not just my internal, uh, you know, barometer. It is what I believe people expect of me. Also, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to be these all together people that have it all together and that are perfect all the time. And you know what? That That's just not, that's not the believer of the Bible. That's not what the Bible teaches. And we're going to go there in just a second, because look, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're under stress or duress because you've lost your song, because your heart feels cold, because you're broken because of a huge disappointment or loss, I'm going to let you know that you're in really, really good company today. And, um, you know, uh, the reason this podcast is going to provoke you, uh, it might provoke some of y'all to want to come and beat me up (laughs) because I really feel like we do one another a disservice when we don't enter into one another's pain. You know, the, the Bible says to grieve with those that grieve. And it also says to rejoice with those that rejoice. There are times when the greatest healing that can come to a human being is if another human being enters into your pain with you. Now, I'm not talking about to grovel and to become angry and have hatred and strife stirring up in your heart. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you see a brother or sister in grief or in sorrow, maybe they're going through something in their life and maybe it's not all clean and pristine. Maybe it's messy. 
And a lot of times we're afraid to enter into other people's lives because of the mess that they're in, because we've labeled them uh, dysfunctional or we've labeled them this or we've labeled them that. Look, let me tell you something. If you don't know it already, the whole human race is dysfunctional. Okay. And that includes you. Okay. So I think we need to really dispel with all the labels we put on people, all the things that we put on them and enter into their pain with them. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about specifically in the word of God where, uh, and this is not even, you know, in my, in what I'm going to talk about today, but I really believe the Holy Spirit's bringing it up to me right now is that, you know, when you remember when the woman was caught in adultery and all the Pharisees brought her in the midst of where Jesus was, uh, teaching in the temple actually. And he got down on the ground and he was writing something, uh, on the dirt. And we don't know what that was, but you know, when I see that in that moment, I see Jesus entering into where the woman was now, obviously not entering into her sin, but coming down into the place where she was in that moment. There's no telling what she felt in her heart in that moment, shame, disgrace, um, just being uncovered. And I, I can't imagine it, but Jesus stoops down and he comes into that space with her. And he looks at all those that are standing around and he said, you who are without sin, you cast the first stone. And the Bible says all of them from the oldest to the youngest, they walked away. And where was Jesus still in that space with her? He entered into that space of where her shame and her grief and her exposure was, and he entered into it with her and he looked at her and he said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, you know, you know, pretty much in essence, uh, they're gone. And he goes, neither do I accuse you go and sin no more. And the scripture that comes right after that is he who believes in me will walk in the light and will not walk in darkness. To me, it is a most beautiful example of Jesus coming into the space of where that broken woman was. Um, and I just love how he covers her and then he provokes her. He, he instructs her, go and sin no more. How often do we do that? Come on. I want you to examine your heart today because look, I'm doing the same thing to my heart. Examine your heart. Do you enter into the space of someone who's blown it, who's suffering grief, maybe even depression? Do you enter into that place and in that space with them to offer compassion and strength? Or do you stand up with the rest of the Pharisees and accuse them and point your finger at them and, and, and label them and say, oh, they're not being very Christian and they're not being this and they're not being that. Look, let me tell you what, at any given moment, you've heard of the expression, uh, except for the grace of God, there go I. Look, at any given moment, you could be in that space. And guess what? The Bible says uh, in Matthew 5, to the, mer you know, if you want to obtain mercy, then show mercy. Okay, that's just a little side note from where we are. But whatever the label is that you feel is on you right now, you may label it grief or depression, but whatever you call it, understand that it's a condition that's common to all of us. 
Although it might invoke feelings of condemnation and guilt, it comes with it. A great cloud of witnesses. And that's what I was talking about earlier, that you're going to see that you're not alone. Consider yourself in good company if you're there and know that there is a consolation. Look at David, look at Elijah and many others who walked with God experienced the silence of their songs to the point that they doubted God and wanted to run and hide and even die. David asked God in Psalm 13, will you forget me forever? David felt forgotten, abandoned my God because of the trials and the enemies that were attacking him. Do you feel that way today? Do you feel abandoned and forgotten by God because of the trial that you're walking through or the enemies that are attacking you? Elijah, that was terrified by a threat from Jezebel right after he had, you know, killed all the prophets and fire came down from heaven. And there was a great show of the power of God in that situation. He was terrified by the threat from Jezebel. He ran for his life in 1 Kings 19.3. And went into the wilderness and prayed that he might die in verse four. Come on. You might not have spoken it out loud from your mouth, but maybe you had a thought about it. That God, it would be okay if you just go ahead and take me home. Look, I'm telling you, trials and tribulations will crush you. And there is a purpose in that crushing. And at the time we don't see it and we don't know it. Uh, How many of you have been in trials and tribulations in your life that you thought were going to kill you and 10 or 20 years down the road, you can look back and see the purpose of God in that thing that you walked through or how God delivered you. Um, I would say that both David and Elijah had lost their song. And then, hello, here's the king of them all, Job. How many people have read that story over and over again and just not gotten the gist of it? Well, you know, I used to think that there was, uh, and there is probably something to be attained as far as some kind of wisdom from the book of Job. But here in the last few years of my life, as I ponder that book and read it over and over and over, I begin to enter into understanding Job, you know, a whole lot more. A lot of times we look at the book of Job and our, and we actually approach that book with a spirit of uh, condemnation, with a spirit of judgment. What if you approach, I, what I've learned to approach that story uh, as somebody who gets Job, you know, Job was a righteous man. The Bible called him a righteous man. And I know there's a lot of teachings out there about why Job was attacked and yada, yada, yada. But look, all you have to do is read the scripture for itself and that, you know, God said to Satan, hey, have you considered my servant Job? And we're not going to go there. That's a whole other teaching. But he lost everything, including his children in Job 1, 13 through 19. And on top of that, it appeared that God was party to that disaster and that he allowed Satan to have power over all that Job had. And oh my gosh, that statement flying out of my mouth right now is a huge controversial statement. But that's in Job one twelve. How do you like that for disappointment? You know, have you ever felt in going through your trials that, man, God, I've been faithful to you. I've been going to church. I've been serving you. I've been paying my tithe. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been doing this. And, and 
and this is what happens to my life. You know, I've had those thoughts before and right away went, oh, Lord, forgive me, forgive me for those thoughts. But these are very natural things. Even Job said this, you know, he's like, this, this is not a righteous thing. You know, I, I haven't done anything. All his friends were telling him, oh, you must've done something. You must've sinned in a wrong way. And Job was like, I haven't, I've been faithful to God and, and all these things. Again, look, I encourage you to go into the book of Job and I'm sorry, I'm getting a little excited right there, but you know, there's more in there than meets the eye. And you, if you have read your Bible long enough, you can see down through the ages, there's many, many things that the people of God suffered that they might not have thought was righteous or the right thing, but they went into things. You know, I look at a guy like Joseph and yeah, he was spouting off to his brothers when he was young about his dreams and there might've been some arrogance in him, but he was put through a trial. The Bible says in, the, in Psalms that the word of God tested him. Yes, God is about causing us to walk through trial in order that the genuineness of our faith would be produced. So let me ask you today, what disappointment have you suffered or are you suffering right now? What great heartache, pain, or situation is playing over and over again in your mind and in your life? If you're there, then you've probably lost your song. Maybe you feel like God let you down. Uh, maybe it's a loved one was diagnosed with a terminal illness. Maybe you're personally suffering a chronical physical or emotional condition that, 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 that has been and was my situation. Maybe a friend passed away after massive prayer, fasting and believing God. You know, I've, I've experienced losses of personal friends in that, uh, area. And, you know, our pastor said a long time ago that the secret things belong to God, that even though, um, we're gonna, we're gonna face really tough situations. I remember one time in a situation, uh, me and a very dear friend of mine at our church, we had another dear friend and, and that friend was dealing, uh, with cancer and uh, she had had it and then it went into remission and then it came back and we were up in a hospital room with her. And at the time she didn't realize how dire it was, but within days of that day, she was gone and she was a believer. She trusted God. She believed God. I mean, she was a whole lot stronger in that hospital room than we were. And our pastor came up there to pray with her and to be with her and my friend and I, we went into a room uh, on the side with the pastor in there. We're both just crying, tears coming down our face because we're trying to understand what's happening. We're trying to understand how, how could this happen? And that's when our pastor spoke to us in just amazing wisdom. He said, you know, the secret things belong to God. He goes, I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll tell you this right now. I'll never stop praying. I'll never stop believing. I'll never stop coming alongside of people and holding them up and giving them strength in their time of need. And let me tell you that day we learned a very valuable lesson and that is we can never give up no matter what it looks like, um, you know, maybe whatever it is for you, 
facing a financial hardship, a relationship failure, you fill in the blank with your situation. He promised you this and you got that instead. The reality of your life and experience is not matching the scripture verse he gave you. And you're having a hard time reconciling the two. That right there, I'm going to stop right there and just park there for a second. That phrase and that reality that what he promised you, the reality of your life and the experience that you're in is not matching the scriptures or not matching what you believe God to be. And you're having a hard time reconciling the two. Look in that space right there. That's where people leave the church in that space right there. That's where people leave God. They walk away from God in that space right there. And I'm not talking about just a simple minute thing. There are times where people will leave God because the Bible says, you know, uh, there's all kinds of different soil and the word of God, when it comes on the stony ground, when it comes in this really shallow ground, it tries to take root, but it can't. And then people turn away from God because there's no root system there. And that might be a person. But we're talking about people who walked with God for a little while and they're facing a really devastating loss or disappointment and everything that they've trusted in and believed in the scripture uh, is not matching their life experience. And in that space, people begin to really have crises of faith and really begin to question God. Well, can I tell you this right now, that that's not always a bad place and I'll tell you why. And again, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, this is just Christy experience in those spaces is where we genuinely find out what we truly believe, not what we've said we believe, not the little outward expression of our faith, but what is the gut deep down belief of our heart. And look, when you come face to face with that place It's a good thing because God is trying to establish and locate you. He's trying to, he he already has located you. You know, the Bible says of the, of the, um, the children of Israel that God tested them in the wilderness to, to see where their heart was, to help them and make them know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Look, when you get into a situation that you can't fix it with your money and you can't fix it with your intelligence and you can't fix it with your connection connections and you can't make it go away and every prayer you've prayed and everything that you've ever thought what you were supposed to do doesn't get rid of the problem look you'll be located in that in that moment your faith will definitely be located in that moment and when that happens we have two choices we can either flee or we can stay in that situation and just dig in deeper with God and that's what I chose to do. And I'm going to tell you what, I didn't choose it myself. It was the Holy Spirit. You know, how many of you know, we can't have any strength of our own. If we have strength and tenacity, guess what? It's the Holy Spirit working in us. But each situation brings its own degree of sadness. You know, there are tremendous losses in our lives and grieves and everything that comes against our life and brings us into that situation. So, so what do you do? When you're faced with like Job losing all of his children, 
What do you do when you're hiding in a cave in David's situation and Saul is running after your life? Not, not just for a day or two, but you're, we're talking 14 years. We're talking years of walking through turmoil and trial. What do you do when things like that happen in your life? And hey, when things like that happen in your life, look, a lot of times people don't want to have nothing to do with you because they're tired. You know what I'm saying? They're tired of hearing what's going on. They're tired of this, you know, and maybe they've endured as far as they can, can endure. And you find yourself in a place all by yourself. What do you do? How do you respond? Simple. You worship. And you're, you're probably saying right now, what? Don't turn me off now. Don't turn me off. It's not easy, but simple. In Job, Job tore his clothes when he heard the news about his children. And then in Job 120, it says he worshiped. He bowed his face to the ground. David poured out his complaint before the Lord in Psalm 142 too. Lifting up his prayers and hands like incense and sacrifice in Psalm 141 verse 2 says he worshiped. Elijah cried out to God in his agony and fear. He allowed God to minister to him and he stood before the Lord to listen in 1 Kings 19 verse 4 through 13. He worshiped. One of the greatest expressions of worship is in our trust. You can tweet that or do whatever you want to do with that. But I have learned in my life that one of the greatest expressions of our worship is in our trust. And I've seen it in the lives of other people. Look, I've seen people go through things that would have sent most people packing. But God in his greatness and in his great, great mercy and grace have kept them. When all hell is breaking loose. And when we've experienced the greatest disappointment, we don't have to even speak or conjure up great prayers before God. And most of the time in these situations, we can't. Our strength is gone. Our hope is waning. And all we can do is weep and sit in silence. Is that you today? Boy, it's been me more times than I can count. And you know what? God has been In that space, just like Jesus knelt down and came into the space of the shame of that woman in adultery. God has come into my space of weeping and silence and grieving. And he's given me strength. And he's, he's released hope to me in that moment. One morning I remember as I've been, had been going through this trial of physical pain in my body and just debilitating situations where I could not even get out of bed. And I remember the night before feeling so hopeless, even though I had the scripture and I'm holding on and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, be strong. I had a humongous moment of weakness and I've had many of those where I just felt utterly hopeless where even in my thinking, I thought, Lord, if you want to take me home, it's okay with me. Feeling such a loss that I couldn't function anymore physically. I couldn't be with my family and go on outings and do all these wonderful things that I'm watching everybody else do. And I just felt, God, what purpose does my life have right now? And maybe you're there. What what purpose does my life have? And I remember the next morning, 
I just wept that night going to sleep and, and, and speaking to God and, 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 and worshiping in trust. And when I woke up that morning, that next morning, a lot of times in the morning, right at kind of in that twilight sleep, like as you're waking up, the Lord will speak things to me. A lot of times I'll get songs in those moments too. But he spoke to me as I, when my eyes opened, you know, when your eyes open and you, that first realization that you're conscious, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, as long as your eyes open every morning and you take a breath, there's, I have purpose for you. And man, I'll tell you what, that one simple word to my heart caused me not to give up and caused me to go forward. You know, the Lord will speak to you in those times of your greatest disappointments and your greatest griefs. And guess what? He will put a song in your heart in those times. You know, this is our worship to God, crying out, you know, letting him know, because he knows anyway, hello, we're not hiding anything from him. You know, there's a lot of times where I'll go, oh, you know it already, God. So I'm just going to go ahead and confess my situation to you. This all is our worship to God. This tells him, I don't understand and I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. It communicates, I need you, God, and you're my only hope. This is worship from the deepest place. This is Jesus' worship to the Father in the garden. This is Peter's worship in tears and weeping when he denied Jesus. This is worship in spirit and truth. This is radical worship. Amen. Maybe you're in that place today, and I'm going to pray with you here in just a second. And I want to let you know, you are among the greats in the Bible. You are among the great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11. You know, there are many places in that chapter where it talks about people receiving uh, their, their, their loved ones back to life and everything. But there's a whole other segment of those people that didn't receive what they were promised and they were commended for their faith. So let me do this. Let me just commend you right now for your faith. Are you still walking forward with God? Then let me commend you for your faith. And I can tell you, God commends you right now. I want to speak a word of encouragement over you, not to give up, not to allow the accuser of the brethren, whether he's in your own heart or he comes from a voice outside of you in the voices of men, you are in good company. And I want to commend you for your faith. The Lord is faithful and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. One of the most amazing scriptures to my life that God spoke to me in Joshua 1. He says, I will not leave you. And so many times in these situations where we, where we are up against disappointments and where we feel like we're literally losing our faith, guess what God says? I will not leave you. When everybody else leaves you, when everybody else is judging you, when everybody else is accusing you, God steps in and he says, I will not leave you. When you're in a place of fear because of physical torment that you're experiencing in your body because of a medical uh, disease or an, an infirmity, and there's fear there and there's torment there. You know, the, the devil, fear has torment. The Bible says that, that, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. In that moment, God says, I won't leave you. 
I got you. There's no reason to fear right now. I have you. The, the, the greatest scripture that I have clung to in years of my life is in Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That scripture has been my life. And that scripture doesn't say all is going to, you know, I'm going to fix everything and this and this and this. The promise there is that God will never leave me nor forsake me. And I might have to walk through some things for a while, but guess what? God will not leave me. He will uphold me. Yes, he will strengthen me. Yes, he will help me. It's amazing to me in that scripture how he says, yes, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. We have a yes from God that says in your deepest, darkest place where you feel like you've lost your song, I will be there. I will stoop down and be in that place with you and I will not forsake you and I will not leave you. And your word, God has promised me that you will never leave me alone. You will never leave me without help. That in my deepest trouble, you are a very present help. And I want to encourage you with those words today. I don't know where you are, but God knows where you are and he is with you. Amen. Let me pray over you today as we conclude this podcast. Father, I thank you, God, for your presence even right now. We, we can sense it even right now in this moment. I thank you, God, for your presence and for the promise of yourself in every situation we walk through. And I thank you that just like Job and just like David, that there will be a recompense in each person's life who's dealing with loss or disappointment right now. That although there is a place of grieving, joy will come in the morning. And I thank you, God, that you continue to pour out your grace in abundance, that your grace would abound to every person to continue to walk forward in faith and in trusting in this beautiful act of worship in our trust going forward. I thank you, God, that you bring deliverance to every person, that you bring, um, uh, uh, execution of even justice, Father God, on their behalf. I thank you, Father, that you help each and every one of us to rise up out of the ashes and begin to sing again. Just like Isaiah 54 says, sing, O barren woman. We may feel like we're in a place of barrenness, but God, you'll give us a song in those moments. We may feel like we've lost our song right now, but you will give us a new song, a song of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and put their trust in God. I proclaim it over each and every person's life that you give them the new song that will bring many that out of this situation of disappointment will come many, many souls and many, many people walking in the freedom of Jesus Christ. I pray it and I prophesy it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I pray that you were encouraged today. I know I was by this uh, podcast. (laughs) You know, God really encouraged my heart in this thing as well. Uh, You know, my heart really is just to to see that um, everyone that comes into this podcast can begin to walk in a place of freedom and to know that you're not alone. You know, 
And that is the greatest ploy of the enemy to isolate us, not just physically, but in our minds thinking that, hey, we're alone and we're just really blowing it. We're just really messed up Christians if we have, uh, you know, disappointments or losses in our life or things that we're going through. You know what? Fooey on that. That's a big old lie from the devil. You need to just cast that thing out right now. Okay, that's an accusation that comes to weaken you even more in the situation. And when that comes, man, I just lean into God and I lean into that scripture. You will not leave me. So I encourage you today. I hope it's been uh, an encouragement to you. I'd really love to hear from you. I'd really love to hear your comments. Um, and uh, would love for you to comment on the podcast. Would love for you to go to, uh, you can go to info at chrissyhutchings.com. Email me. Let me know how these podcasts are helping you out. Let me know if there's something that maybe you're dealing with in your life that you want us to talk about and discuss and we can do it. Again, you know, I'm not a know-it-all or anything like that. I just know the word and I come from the word and whatever's in the word, that's, that's kind of where I'm going and that's where I glean wisdom from. And so I want to encourage you in that. Please let let me know how these podcasts, whether you message me on Facebook or you send me a message on Instagram, you can connect with me there on Facebook. It's, uh, you know, facebook.com slash Christy Hutchings, uh, on Twitter. It's, uh, you know, twitter.com slash Christy H and then on Instagram, same thing, instagram.com slash Christy Hutchings. Um, and at Instagram, you can come to the website again, come to Christy click on the contact uh, menu thing and just leave me an email. I really would like to hear, uh, how God is using the podcast to encourage you and to help you out. And that helps me, you know, uh, and again, it's not because I want accolades and applause or anything like that, but you know, it helps to know that, um, God is using, uh, the things from my life that places where I felt broken to bring life and hope to somebody else. So I want you to go out and make it a great Friday and uh, get yourself some rest today. Uh, maybe you've been really going at it hard for the whole week and uh, you need to just take a rest today. Chill out, have a sip of some lemonade, uh, put on a really good movie or some good, good music and you know just chill out uh, for today and find you some space where you can really just rest Get into the word of God. Just sit in the presence of the Lord and let him minister to you. And um, that'll make it a great day. You can best believe that. So thank you so much again uh, for tuning in today. And I'll see you next time on The Worship Life.